Hi, loyal listeners. I just wanted to apologise for the audio this week. I've done as good as I can, uh, but it's still a little bit scratchy in parts, but it's such an interesting uh, listen that I'm sure you'll forgive us. Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. This week's episode of the Inspirational Australians podcast is sponsored by Tallulah Bright, who is a drag queen, chef and business entrepreneur. She arrived in Adelaide in 2019 and after introducing herself around the Lafur Peninsula, doing on-the-spot interviews with local businesses, she found a remarkable and instant following. Tallulah then began to feature in cooking shows and social media and saw fabulous success with engagement and views. Tallulah then decided to open up her own shop in Semaphore, the Tallulah Bright Emporium and Cafe. And you'll hear us talk about that a couple of times because this week's guest is also based near Semaphore. But Tallulah told me that she has exciting plans for 2022 and some of those have now come to pass. So Tallulah has taken over the Colonel Light Hotel in Peary Street, Adelaide. Very exciting. It's now called Colonel Light Tallulah Bright, which is an awesome name. So go out uh, to Peary Street, Adelaide. Check out Colonel Light Hotel, which is now Colonel Light Tallulah Bright. And uh, also don't forget to follow Tallulah Bright on Facebook. Now on to the podcast. Uh, before we get into this weekly dose of inspiration, just wanting to ask everyone to take one or two minutes out of your time and leave us a review, please. Um, Apple Podcasts would be great, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is. We'd love that review because it helps us get these stories out to a few more people. And there's so many inspirational people we're talking to. These stories, uh, and the feedback we get is fantastic that it just grinds people day, people's uh, day gives them a bit of motivation in the, for the rest of the week. So if you can't, or if you haven't reviewed a podcast before, this is a good learning opportunity too. As uh, Annette, you always like a good little learning opportunity. I love learning opportunities. And if you go to awardsaustralia.com forward slash podcast, I've actually put a link there and a how-to guide in how to review. So uh, there's no excuse. Brilliant, Annette. We always love your work here at the Awards Australia team, leaving us little videos and how-to guides on how to do things. And uh, we're always improving things that way. So without any further delay, we're going to get into this week's episode. And uh, I'm talking with Lyndall Denny, who's the founder and CEO of Women in Trucking Australia and a truck driver herself. So Lyndall established WTA, I'll call it, Women in Trucking Australia, for female-heavy vehicle drivers. And uh, the great thing is this group is, is by those people, for those people. And it has a dual focus of providing a platform where women can come together to tackle the challenges that female truckies face in the industry and addressing the enormous gap that exists in small vehicle driver education when it comes to road sharing. And uh, as we'll find out, that's a very personal story for Lyndall. So WTA successfully received Commonwealth Government grant to produce a heavy vehicle road safety ad campaign, which was running all throughout 2020. That campaign increases road user awareness of the dire consequences of risky on-road decision-making around heavy vehicles. They also received additional funding to create a second campaign. So, Lyndall, thanks for joining us. And uh, so many questions from that little bio I've read out. But uh, the first question is, how are you this morning? 
I am great, Josh. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Absolute pleasure, Lyndall. Um, had the uh, great fortune of getting to speak with you a few years ago when I believe you were nominated in the awards and uh, fantastic to see that um, since then, you know, you started Women in Trucking Australia and then that organisation was nominated and became a winner uh, in our Community Achievement Awards for South Australia. So congratulations on that. Josh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, yes, we were absolutely delighted to win um, the Jones Harley Tool Community Road Safety Award and that has spurred us on to produce a second heavy vehicle road safety campaign that has recently gone to air and will be our contribution to educating road users on sharing the road safely around the Christmas New Year break when the nation's motors take to the roads. Well, uh, I'm, gl- I'm not glad sounds funny talking about you know road safety and, and the, the death toll, but it's good that you bring it up because it's one of the saddest things at this time of year. We're all going on holidays, taking time off, we're enjoying family and friends, and you always hear these horrible stories of road accidents, which is uh, devastating. And, you know, these kind of it- things that you're putting out is so important. Oh, look, there's an enormous gulf in in education, education, um, and teaching road users about sharing the roads with heavy vehicles. People still think that trucks are slow and you must get round them at all costs. And and modern twenty first century trucks uh, can travel at the speed limit. Um, if you tank get tangled up with one, though, you will come off second best because of the sheer size of the thing. So extreme caution always is required around trucks. And we hope that this um, road safety campaign will just go that little bit of extra way to to showing people what they should and shouldn't do around trucks. Well, uh, while we're talking about, you know, road safety and education, do you have, you know, one or two quick tips that we can share just at the top of the episode for, you know, people driving their everyday cars? when they're approaching a truck because just quickly I remember being a a p-plate driver so you know early on when I was not with my parents in the car and uh was a little bit you know freaked out I suppose when you come up alongside quite a big truck and uh, you forget you forget your uh your l-plate learnings very quickly sometimes I think one of the biggest things that people should understand are the blind spots in a heavy vehicle where the truck driver can and can't see you. All along the passenger side of the truck, it is difficult to see vehicles. So don't hang around in that area at all. Keep away from the passenger side of a heavy vehicle along the trailer as well. And the other thing is if if you can't see our truck mirrors when you're behind us, we can't see you. So we don't know that you're behind us. So stay back stay back and, uh, you know, if you can see our truck mirrors, we can see you. And last but not least, if we're slowing for traffic lights, don't um, go in front of us to take that space. Mm. We need that space to slow down. And we've left that gap there because of the sheer size of these vehicles, it takes them longer to slow down. So please do not take that gap in front of a truck at traffic lights. You see that a lot, actually, don't you? People think, oh, okay, oh. I'll just tuck in here and uh, get front spot at the lights. 
Yeah, and they just risk. They've got no idea, you know, where we're trying to hit the brakes and we can see small children in the backseat of that vehicle and we've got nowhere to go. So, yeah, please don't take that gap. Now, I think this is a nice opportunity to get these kind of advice because, Lyndall, you've been in the same situation as, uh, you know, the people that these tips and advice are for, that you were a road user of a small vehicle, you know, a normal everyday car, I might call it, and uh, you experienced some some issues with truck drivers. Can you, can you take us back to the start? How how did you get into trucking in the first place? Well, I, I guess I probably sh- probably should preface that with the fact that if you'd have told me, you know, fifteen years ago that I would be a truck driver, I would have wanted to know what sort of drugs you were taking <laughs> because I'm very definitely a frilly office type girl who enjoys coffee and shopping so my mechanical skills are stretched if I have to put staples in a stapler back in 2007 I lived on the New South Wales north coast and that Pacific Highway is a major freight route between uh, Brisbane and Sydney and there was something like 25,000 heavy vehicles a week on that highway for me to get to the uh offices that I was was managing, Ballina Bar and Lismore Casino, I'd be out on that highway. And for the third time in 12 months, I was tailgated horrifically by an aggressive heavy vehicle driver. So there are a number of um, uh, things that had happened to set up that culture of lawlessness, uh, tight delivery schedules. If those drivers uh, were travelling Brisbane to Sydney and missed their deadline, then they might have to wait two days down there. They could get stuck down there for the weekend. They were paid by the kilometres, so the more kilometres they travelled, the more money they earned. Uh, so it was it was just trying to push motorists off, off the highway all the time. So I was tailgated for the third time and I, I actually um, wrote a letter to the local newspaper just outlining uh, this this truck was in the right-hand lane. It should have been in the left. Um, I, I couldn't overtake it. So I went up the left-hand side of it, and I've just said to you, stay away from the left-hand side of trucks. Mm. I don't know whether he knew I was there or he didn't, but he then proceeded. I was halfway along his trailers, and he moved to the left, and there was a, a rock face there. So we were very lucky, my son and I, not to be crushed. So... Um, I wrote a letter to the local newspaper and the editor printed it and rang me a couple of days later and said that the response had been unprecedented. It seemed like everybody on that New South Wales north coast had a, a horror truck story. So I set up a, a, a community, a grassroots community campaign I where people could report aggressive heavy vehicle drivers I wrote to every trucking company and I said, if your drivers drive aggressively through this North Coast, New South Wales area, we will report them to you and police. And the industry was incredibly supportive. I thought that they they wouldn't be. The response from the heavy vehicle industry was phenomenal. I was quite surprised. And I learned that they don't want those drivers on the road either. That said, because of severe heavy vehicle driver shortages, they were employing truck drivers that really shouldn't be in charge of a shopping trolley. So, you know, you you end up with these aggressive um, 
drivers trying to push motorists off the road. So I ran that campaign for a couple of years and that seemed to change the culture, not only in that North Coast area, but nationally. But I was also, um, like a lot of people in the community, they think that all truck drivers are monosyllabic morons who are aggressive. And that, honestly, Josh, that just could not be further from the truth. It's a very small percentage that behave like that. Uh, And the majority of truck drivers are professional men and women, family people who want to get home uh, to their families and friends as much as other road users do. So I decided that I would get my heavy vehicle licence and go and take a look behind the iron curtain, so to speak, what was going on in the industry that was making them employ drivers like this. That's pretty incredible. And can I just ask, was, you know, day one of getting your heavy uh, vehicle licence a bit like in Legally Blonde? You know, the frilly uh, lady comes and and, uh, is in an area that perhaps others aren't really accustomed to seeing that type of person. Yes, because I think I turned up for my first day of training in something frilly. I had... I had, um, you know, the lowest heels on that I could possibly find to do my my licence, my training, start my training. And the heavy vehicle driver trainer kept assuming that I would have have knowledge to a certain level and I kept saying to him, you're really going to have to dumb it down because I just do not know anything about this. So he and I embarked on an eight-week uh, driver training course. I was um, spending time with him once a week. It was hard going, and we both learned a lot. He, I learned a lot about trucks, and he learned a lot about, you know, the fact that some people just know nothing about their vehicles. Yeah. So I I spent a number of weeks um, with a driver trainer, and finally got my heavy vehicle uh, qualification. Uh, and then went looking for work. And it was then that I discovered the age-old industry mantra, come back when you've got three years' experience. So obviously you can't get three years' experience if nobody will give you a go. So I had a few contacts from my my um, couple of years with my community campaign and I was invited to head to the northernmost part of Western Australia. So I flew into the Pilbara um, in my frilly dress and my stilettos, walked out of the plane into almost 50-degree heat into the midst of the best mine boom in the nation's history. So that was an absolute baptism of fire because there was so many, so much iron ore to get out of the ground and so few truck drivers I found myself doing work that a, a, a normal truck driver wouldn't be able to do for a number of years. So it was an incredible adventure. It was incredibly a um, lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. I learned very quickly to, to become quite resilient. I also learned that um, tears and crying didn't make any difference. So I just had to take a teaspoon of cement and harden up. One of the funny things that happened up there, and there are a million funny things, was that every time somebody helps you, 
they say, mate, that'll cost you a carton. So I thought what I should end up doing is just transfer my entire wage to the local bottle shop and I would just send people into the bottle shop to get a carton. So it was just, I just um, was so heavily reliant on people. But, you know, over the three-year period that I was up there, I honed my skills and I went from semi-trailers to double road trains right up to driving the massive super quads that are 53 metres long or the equivalent of 12 family-sized cars. Wow. So fair to say that you probably compressed a lot more than three years' worth of experience into that time. Oh, absolutely. I think in in city areas in Adelaide here we have uh, new drivers. Uh, they They just do work very close to the depot they're around truck drivers all the time they're you know there's driver trainers there they've really got their training wheels on I was running Caratha to Darwin Caratha down to Perth through the centre it, it was incredibly isolating work it was you know it was just unbelievable being a female by myself I remember heading out to one of Gina Reinhart's uh, rail camps just out of um, Marble Bar, and they were decommissioning that rail camp because the line had been finished. And I followed a huge crane out there and an escort vehicle, and I had a double road train. And the crane craned the accommodation huts onto my two trailers, and it was Friday afternoon, and both these fellows said, well, beer o'clock we're heading off so the crane driver and the escort left and I was somewhere in this remote mining camp out of Marble Bar by myself training these accommodation truck huts onto a truck and I just stood there and I thought how in the hell did a city girl get out in the middle of nowhere by herself doing this so it was just you know it was things like that it it, it was quite surreal um, on a number of occasions. And still today, you know, I pinch myself sometimes. I was driving, uh, doing border runs at the moment, Adelaide to Victoria, and I was in a, a line of about, I don't know, 10 B-doubles. And I thought, you know, in 2007, I was giving these people a hard time. And here I am driving as part of a convoy and we're all heading south to Melbourne. So it still seems quite surreal to me sometimes. Well, that's cool that you can uh, look at those moments and be present in them and appreciate just how uh, different it was to a, you know, another stage of your life. It is. And, and look, really, I, I finished um, school a very, very long time ago and went straight into, you know, working in radio and television and and I've got a fairly broad skills base. I worked, I had a hotel in my life and um, for 10 years before I went truck driving, I worked in a Christian organisation, which was, so there was a stark contrast between working in a Christian organisation and becoming a truck driver. Um, the first day on the job as a truck driver I heard swear words that I'd never heard before. I heard more of them before morning tea than I had in my entire life. So as a female working in a male-dominated sector, 
you need to be quite resilient. Political correctness, uh, truck drivers, and I, myself included, I'm not a big, um, you know, a huge follower of, of, of political correctness either, but men normally say it as it is and they don't dress it up. So I've been called a lot of things during my time. A lot of them are lovely and a lot of them not so lovely. And you just really just need to be able to manage that and cope with it. Having uh, been in the industry now for some time, are you seeing more women come in? I guess it's a two-part question. Were you? It sounds like you were the only woman just about you know, up in Karatha and, and doing those kind of mining jobs. Is that changing, do you think? The culture is slowly changing. A lot of the attitudes, um, you know, uh, come from somewhere back a century ago. Gender bias is still yeah. rife, male-dominated, and you find the recruiters picking people like they are, similar to them. Another issue that women have too is that if you've got a male and a female truck driver going for a job and they've both had exactly the same amount of experience and it's limited, the male will oversell himself and the female will undersell herself every time. So the male recruiter, if he's faced with a a bloke who said, yeah, mate, I've done that a lot, yeah, I know what I'm doing, and a female who said, look, you know, I've done that a couple of times and I'm fairly confident. Uh, we're, we're still only 0.6% of, of the um, the total heavy vehicle driver workforce and the higher the licence qualification, the less women there are. So in South Australia, mm-hmm. for instance, there's something like 10,000 male road train drivers and about 250 of us girls. Which uh, makes the... Um, work of women in trucking Australia all the more important so are you uh you know we've covered the bio and at the start some of the safety work you're doing which is incredible what kind of uh work do you do you know helping and supporting women in whether they're getting into the industry or perhaps they're already established in the industry women in trucking Australia WITA was set up by female truck drivers uh to support each other, but also so that we're all available, we're all there, we're all accessible for women who are considering trucking careers. So we have a um, a very successful Facebook page that has 30,000 followers and we've built those up just in a couple of years and we have women contact us and I, I put their questions. We have Ask a Truckie, Ask a Truckie on yep. there. And the women will what they need to do or how they can uh, get their, their foot in the door. And, and we, you know, we have huge buy-in from the male drivers too. It's fabulous. So they're on there as well. Um, so it's a great place that these new drivers can come to get advice on how to get in the in the industry. So we have a, fr- a, a three-phase growth plan. Yeah. And the first one was to bring the drivers together. Um, so we've we've done that. We've got we've got our followers, and that's continuing to, to grow. Um, the next step is to engage with industry and to work with them to let them know the answers to that age-old question about what women want, what women want as heavy vehicle drivers, what we need, because we are still the primary caregivers. Um, the majority of us. So I did have 
one male truck driver say to me uh, one day that the true heroes of the trucking industry are the wives because the wives are there, they're minding the children, they are making the lunches, they're doing the washing, ironing, that sort of thing. And I said, gee, I wish I had a wife because female heavy vehicle drivers, are they are the wives. So that's another layer of complexity. They are the caregivers. They, you know, we had women homeschooling their children in their trucks yeah. when with with COVID. So while the boys are out driving their trucks, earning a living, um, normally female heavy vehicle drivers seem to be single mums in the main. So they're doing the homeschooling in the trucks. That you know they're preparing meals, they're doing the washing, that sort of thing. So we need greater flexibility to be able to to do our jobs and the industry needs to recognise that that flexibility is critical to us being able to do our work. Um, yeah, so it, we're really just there to, you know, be able to share ideas and, and um, you know, support more women into the industry and to let, you know, the industry know what we want. If there's a, you know, young women or older women or any age women for that matter are listening and uh, thinking what are some of the pros of uh, getting into the industry what would you say to them it really is a wonderful lifestyle and you know every single new female driver that I have met it's just an absolute pleasure to watch her develop a strength females come into the industry and they you know, through hard work and guts and determination, they come to a, a place of quiet confidence. Female heavy vehicle drivers are very confident, competent, strong women. They're also very caring, um, funny, you know, they're, um, in, incredible women. So I, I would say um, always if you're interested in looking at a career in heavy heavy vehicles, please contact Women in Trucking Australia. Have a look at our Facebook page. Engage with the female heavy vehicle drivers on there. They're, they're more than happy to help with advice, um, as are the fellows. They've got a lot of experience and they're happy to share it uh, as well with new drivers. And we can normally find pathways into the industry for new drivers as well. That's fantastic. And I have heard you say separately, actually, that. Um the support from the, you know, from the males in the industry that we've talked about as the vast majority has actually been really good. Absolutely amazing. You know, truck drivers are a really close-knit group of um, men and women. Um, and I guess the boys, they love having us girls uh, in the truck yards. Um, and, and having women in the industry too is hugely beneficial to the companies and the clients as well. But I just do say to the girls, if you ask any of the boys for help, more often than not, than not they'll try to do it for you and you just need to say to them, look, no, if you can show me how to do it, you're not going to learn by standing back. And it's not a good look either to be standing back and letting the boys, you know, do the work for you. Hugely supportive Um yeah, and always very happy to share their knowledge and experience. Linda, I think that's brilliant advice for anyone, uh, any gender, any situation. If you let someone just do it for you, then you're right. You're not going to learn, are you? Get your hands in, 
get uh, involved and, and figure it out with guidance or someone who knows what they're doing and you'll, uh, you'll learn that for next time. You know, I've been driving now for nine years and I, every single day I learn something new and I speak to uh, men and women who've been driving for decades and they say the same thing. There is something new every day to learn. It's a, a massively steep learning curve. Even it's funny, you know, truckies have their own lingo. So, you know, going to the University of Truck Driving, um, I remember the, the first time I did oversized work up in the Pilbara, I had an escort vehicle, um, then a, a heavy vehicle in front of me and then then myself, and we were carting massive accommodation huts down to a Rio Tinto site and the pilot called me up over the radio. He said, copy, Lindell. I said, copy, and he said, mate, you've got two small ones and an evil Knievel coming down the chute. And I said, what? Anyway, two small <laughs> ones and an evil an evil coming down the chute, two cars and the motorbike overtaking you. So truck drivers never, ever use English. They've got their own language and, you know, so that was a fairly steep learning curve, learning that as well. <laughs> yep. And uh, what else, you know, I loved that story before about how you were um, left out there on your own in the middle of nowhere thinking, what am I going to do? What other kind of you know, experiences or stories would, would stand out for you as just being, you know, absolutely bizarre or something you'd never thought that would have happened? Oh, look, I, I there's so many stories. And I've actually written a book. Um, really? Just, yeah, just which I, I'm hoping to get published. But it's it's a hilarious book because it is just funny working in a male-dominated sector as, as a female um, I do recall um, driving down a dirt road um, one day out in the, in, in the back blocks again and came to a cattle grid and the, and the grid had fallen in. That meant I, I couldn't go forward because, so that, that was an interesting thing. I had to drop trailers and, you know, sort of turn the whole whole set around but I actually was able to get break some trees and I, I I branches and stood them up in the grid so that people would know that the, that the grid had fallen in um, I was also part of a um, and this was a little bit sad uh, we came upon a um, we came upon a a, a a truck a man he was laying on the road and he was deceased. And a bit further down the road, his truck had just run in very slowly into a tree and it was idling. And we just clearly the truck had the trailer and the truck had run over him or or the trailers of the truck had run over him. And he had heard a noise in his truck. So he put that truck into first gear and got out to walk along beside the truck again on an isolated road. He gotten out to to walk along the, beside the truck to see what the um the noise was, and it was a it was a retread on one of the tires, and it came loose, flew out, hit him, and knocked him over, and his trailer ran over him. Oh, so that was um that was pretty devastating, um just a, just a fluke accident, and and I've not ever heard of a truck driver or anybody that would get out and look at a moving vehicle to see what was making a noise, but clearly not a good idea. It's been an experience of, you know, there's been tragedy, there's been 
incredible, you know, landscapes and sunrises and sunsets and huge amounts of anxiety and lots of laughter and made great friends and met lots of wonderful people. And now I'm in the situation where I can can try to encourage more women into the sector. And research shows that hands down across the board, women are safer drivers. Yep. So having more women, and that's that's really comes back to things like testosterone and being competitive and wanting to drive faster and taking more risks. Women are more risk adverse. We will, you know, we're more cautious. So getting more women into truck driving careers is is a no-brainer in terms of creating safer roads as well. Yep. And if uh, half of the population is not being considered or is not in an industry, then they're missing potentially half of the most skilled people that are available. So it just makes Absolutely. sense for all industry to be uh, a lot more balanced. It, it does. It does, Josh. And, you know, it's not that women aren't able to do the job. The women aren't failing um, in their recruitment. It's the system is actually failing the women. So... Um, I had a situation where I had uh, a, a young truck driver called Samantha and she had had some experience but she kept sending in her resumes and wasn't even getting any any interviews, job interviews. Anyway, she decided to sit down and rework her resume and inadvertently put Sam up the top without thinking and suddenly, you know, the email started coming in. Yes, we'd like see you so by changing her name from samantha to sam made a huge difference straight up obviously when she got into the interview oh we thought you were we thought you're a fellow but isn't that an interesting thing that that made such a huge difference Mm. i think sometimes people don't analyze the situation or the system and and as you said it's the system that's that's broken not the, the individual so to look back and think well what are the reasons that there's this block in the place and yeah it's very sad that, that things happen to this to poor samantha and many 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 women extend it to people of color and religion as well and uh, yeah i hope through these awards through you know media trying to promote positive stories that we can slowly slowly start to turn the tide I hope so too, Josh, because the more the more exposure that we girls get, the more awareness that truck driving is an incredible career for women of all ages, religious denominations, you know, races, whatever, the more women we can get out there on the roads. And, of course, when women are working, communities are healthier and get a better education and, you know, there are so many benefits to having women um, working. You don't need tertiary qualifications to drive a truck, but you can earn, you know, up into the $100,000, $150,000 mark as a heavy vehicle driver so that the wages are great, that the gender pay gap doesn't exist in trucking. Lots of good things out there great opportunities for women looking for an interesting career 
One thing you touched on at the start, and I hope uh, you still do this to this day, uh, is you talked about you flew into the Pilbara and you had your Philly dress on and your high heels. I hope you still you still wear those uh, items. Look, I every now and again, I'll put on a pair of stilettos and I'll, I always think I tend to look like I walk like a wharfie when I've got stilettos on these days because I'm used to wearing the steel cap, cap boots. But a lot of the girls, uh, me included, you know, I would never, ever get in my truck without a full face of makeup and I always have my pearls on with my high-vis and a lot of the girls are like that. Um, we like to maintain our femininity and, um, yeah, you'll find that the girls, generally speaking, will, will come to work with their clothes pressed and their hair done and, and so forth, um, maybe not so much the boys. So we, we add that extra little bit of sparkle to the industry. Yeah, so it's important that we, we you, know, you know, keep our femininity as well. Yeah, well, I should clarify. The reason I said that is because I love that you just, you don't change who you are. That's what you enjoy doing. Uh, and you, you felt the confidence to, to do that. And so I think that's kind of what I was trying to say is what you touched on at the end there about reclaiming your femininity. Femininity, if I can say that word correctly. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'll leave that alone. But uh, regardless of whether you're in a male-dominated industry or a balanced industry or a female-dominated industry, the people who are in that, yeah, you'd like to see that they keep their identity, do what they like to do and don't let um, the norms kind of uh, overrule them. Very, very much so. And, you know, I have met people from all walks of life who've come into truck driving I've met dentists and geologists and librarians and, it, it, you know, it's it's such an interesting vocation that can take you to so many places. You know, you can transport um, mega mining infrastructure to remote locations or you can take cornflakes to coals. Um, you know, there's, there's day shift, there's night shift, there's casual, there's full time, there's so many opportunities for so many people and yeah it's just a really colorful interest industry to work in now uh, at the top you mentioned that you had won well women in trucking australia had won the jones harley tool community road safety award so for those who don't know it's part of our community achievement awards program in south australia the reason they sponsor that award is uh, they've dealt with a lot of insurance companies and the aftermath of road accidents and uh, they just got passionate about trying to give back to that area. So for any truckies out there who are listening, any people involved in the road transport industry in general, you know, what would you say about encouraging people to nominate into a road safety type award? Please do. Um, while you're out on the road, if, if there are ways that you believe you can contribute to making our roads safer, uh, and it's and it's due to the support of wonderful businesses like Jones Harley Tool, who continue to um, to sponsor um, the South Australian Community Achievement Awards every year. That we we people out here in the community can continue to do the work that we do as well. South Australia it has a difficult um, history with with road crashes, particularly over the past few years. Um, death and injury remain persistently high 
in South Australia, so there is much work to be done. So the wonderful people at Jones Harley Tool, by sponsoring the road safe, community road safety work that people are doing, um, are really, you know, making a huge difference out there on the roads. Yeah, and any road safety initiative or focus is uh, is really welcomed to be nominated. And what we try and do is we send out a media release to local papers to let them know about them so that even if there's not a winning nomination, we're still pushing out a message about road safety. And uh, I think that's really important too. Very, very much so, very much so. And and to look at the the calibre of the um, the nominees, it, it was was just heartwarming to see the work that's being done out there by various community groups in that road safety arena too, Josh. So casting your mind back, uh, it wasn't too long ago that you were there at the uh, awards night. What was, uh, what was it like to be there at the night? And, uh, you know, you can be honest, did you expect to win? Was it a surprise? Or how did it all unfold for you on the night? It was a lovely but, you know, it was a dull evening and it really was, it was just such a wonderful atmosphere to be a part of, um, organised and done beautifully to the nth degree. And uh, we we just hoped upon hope that we would win, but, you know, you just steal yourself when they, they say, you know, that they call it and the, and the winner is and it's like it just sort of takes forever and you're holding your breath. You realise that you're holding your breath and they say women in trucking Australia and we were just, just elated because we had worked so hard on this um, this television campaign and it just meant so much to the girls. So there was a lot of shrieking and, you know, as you can imagine, yeah. um, you know, it's really, it's, yeah, it was wonderful. That's brilliant. I wish I could have been there, but uh, the borders were still closed at that point and uh, oh, couldn't get across. But, you know, we missed it by three days, unfortunately. It was, uh, oh, look, fingers crossed for next year, Josh. Yes, exactly. So looking forward to getting over um, and, uh, and visiting again. And obviously we've got Tallulah Bright Symporium as this week's sponsor. And I understand you live somewhat close to, the, uh, to that cafe, so maybe you'll, you'll pop into there. The coffee. You know, I do. I live just around the corner from Tallulah Bright. So, yes, we'll be heading down there for coffee and, um, yeah, it'd be, be wonderful to meet Tallulah herself and uh, have a look at the great work she's doing down there. I hear it's an incredibly eclectic, uh, wonderful cafe full of eclectic bits and pieces and memorabilia. So looking sure. for visiting Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time uh, to speak with us. Um, I know you're, you're very busy and you're on the road a lot. And when you're not on the road, you're busy with um, uh, women in trucking Australia. So again, just remind people where they can connect with yourself and women in trucking Australia. Thank you, Josh. So we have a, uh, a Facebook page, uh, Women in Trucking Australia. Um, and our website is uh, all the W's and Witter wita.com.au but just google women in trucking australia and you'll find all our contact details lovely again thank you for your time for all the work you do for making our roads safer and uh, we'll talk to you soon thanks so much josh you take care i hope you enjoyed that interview if you liked it 
or any of our other episodes, it would be great if you can rate and review the Inspirational Australians podcast. It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum and our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com for more details. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.